2: Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinny Wiley. This week, Fiji triumphs at the Hamilton Sevens as Samoa and Papua New Guinea impress, while Guam narrowly misses promotion in the Davis Cup tennis competition. But first, Fiji National Rugby League admits players are still yet to be paid their share of prize money from last year's World Cup. The Bati reached the semi-finals of the tournament in Australia and New Zealand, and produced one of the great World Cup performances to beat the Kiwis in their own backyard, their first ever victory over a tier one nation. That earned the team a hundred thousand Australian dollars to be shared amongst the playing group, but three months on, they are still waiting. Fiji NRL chief executive Timothy Nalemba says they are urgently trying to resolve the matter.
1: still. Yet to receive that particular share of the money. And um, I've just received confirmation from NRL yesterday, confirming that you know, the arrangement was for the money to be directly disbursed to the players' account by NRL in the World Cup. So yesterday, NRL confirmed that they can't do this. There's going to be a lot of legal implications if they are to uh, disperse the money. So the option is to open an FNRL account in Australia we had the agreement that no money will be sent to Fiji, but once we have the share from the World Cup, it's going to be disbursed in Australia by NRL. So we kept that bargain, that side of the bargain, but but unfortunately now, you know, we have uh, NRL coming back saying that there will be legal implications and we have to, you know, get an account there in Australia.
2: So in November, so, in November last year... In November the Fiji Bati obviously reached the semi-finals for the third time that entitled them to prize money of as I understand it 125,000 Australian dollars.
1: I'm told the figure is uh, 100,000. That's that's what the players will be shared.
2: 100,000 Australian dollars. Yeah,
1: 100,000 Australian yes.
2: Okay. So once the tournament's over in November, what what sort of time frame was expected by the players and I guess by Fiji National Rugby League for the payment of that money?
1: What I know is that uh, there was no deadline but uh, it was as soon as the money is uh, been transferred to NRL by the World Cup
2: and did the players know that that was the original plan that the money was going to initially be paid by the NRL
1: yes that's the agreement
2: and, and so they obviously haven't received that money and hence they're presumably wondering where it is so you know but since the World Cup ended have you have you heard from players have you had any feedback from the squad saying sort of you know where is the payment
1: yes I received a phone call uh, maybe two to three weeks ago from a player asking about the money, and uh, I explained to him that that uh, we've we you know we've got the money at we um, with, with ENRL. I mean, the money we did was not sent to Fiji, but everything stayed stay in Australia, and uh, that the manager of the Fiji party team would be contacting them directly to to actually inform them of the of the progress.
2: Okay, so so is it the fault of the manager then? I mean, should the players have been better kept in the loop on this?
1: Yeah, uh, uh, the that is why we have appointed a manager, you know, to actually work with the team and the staff, and also to liaise closely with FNRL and the Rugby League World Cup, you know, until everything is sorted.
2: So, so when will the players get their money?
1: Uh, Since yesterday, we have been uh, uh, told that to be able to do all the, uh, to set up an account and all that, it'll take about two weeks, another two weeks to to actually get an account ready for us in Australia
2: and uh in terms of this uh statement released by the players yesterday uh ha- have you seen that statement
1: I have been uh, sent a copy of the statement by different uh, media organizations and uh yes as I've said too that you know it's quite hard for me to authenticate, whether it's really from the players or is it another person uh, you know uh, writing class
2: but 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 obviously, the issues raised in that statement yes. are are, yes. are obviously accurate because, as you say, the but money is yet to the be paid issues
1: are accurate yes.
2: OK, so um, so if the players are due to be paid in the next couple of weeks, uh, are you confident or do you have any concerns that a, boy, a boycott might happen still? Are you, do you believe all these players will be available next time the Fiji party play an international?
1: Since I haven't seen an indication or indicator that this a genuine statement from all the players, I'm still confident that there are, they are you know, players or the majority of our players in Australia that have gone through the Fijian National Rugby League competition And that has, you know, been, that FNRL has invested a lot in. Even though we don't have a lot of money, uh, I'm sure that they will still have that at heart to play for Fiji. And and also, you know, it's a cultural thing for us to, for God and country. And I know there's a lot of changes now in in players' mindset on, uh, you know, compensation, monetary reward. But I still think that there's a lot of uh, players out there. That are willing to play for Fiji regardless of you know, whether they are paid or not paid
2: you said that you're not sure about uh, you know how many players this statement might reflect um do, do, do you or are there people from Fiji rugby league that uh, are trying to contact these players just to gauge who is concerned because you know if you have players that are concerned I imagine you'd want to know who they are
1: we've contacted the, a few but um, you know, there's a lot of movement you know where they are right now but we'll, we'll try and see if if We can have uh, you know uh, their accurate uh, phone numbers again, but we are constantly uh, you know trying to get them on email and also on uh, Facebook accounts and Messenger, of course. But but one thing I want to say, with all due respect to you know our our players that uh, you know are playing at uh, in Australia and NRL, you know, with all this respect to the, the commitment that they have, we appreciate the fact that. That they have given up their time to to play for Fiji. You know, uh, as I've said, that there's a lot more you know players that are here that are competitive enough to, to play for the Fiji party. Uh, you know, the standard of rugby and rugby league here in Fiji is is outstanding, and uh, you know, and you've, and there's evidence of that in the, in the Olympics and also in the recent uh, win in Hamilton. With all local boys representing Fiji and competing well with uh, you know very talented and very re- well resourced teams, so but I'm sure that you know that the, the players that uh, are there in Australia will always be willing to play for Fiji, and you know and see the fact that you know we have progressed uh, a lot from uh, the past. We've spent more money in the US, in last year's World Cup compared to the other three World Cups we spend about you know, more than uh, a million just just for the players. And compared to the last few few World Cups, we, we don't spend that kind of money. But you know, uh, I think much has, has uh, improved in, in the way we in the way we look after our players. Uh, yeah just that with you know, I can admit the fact that there are a few things that need to be addressed. But over time since the coming two thousand sixteen I've implemented a few changes and over time I think just similar to any Change process. You know it'll take time, but come to the 2021, you know we'll be able to field a good team and have a management that that is most well equipped for any international matches.
2: That's the Fiji NRL chief executive Timothy Nalimba. Fiji have won the inaugural Hamilton Sevens with a dramatic 24-17 victory over South Africa in the final. Playing in their first cup decider of the season, the Fijians overcame a yellow card in a 12-point half-time deficit, with man of the match Alosio Sovita Nanduva bagging a hat-trick and Aroni Tsao adding the icing on the cake. Coach Gareth Baber says the players stepped up when it mattered.
0: I think I think it's down to them, really, their character, their belief, their love for their country and their families back home and their faith in God. So um, we just said at half-time. We're capable of scoring from anywhere, just believe in what we do, trust it. Um, and you know, we, we didn't, at that stage know we were going to win the game, but once you create a bit of momentum, it, it sort of ebbs into other areas of the game as well and we were good in the contact area, the tackle and then we finished in
2: lovely choice Meanwhile, Samoa produced their best performance of the season to finish in 5th place while Papua New Guinea thrashed France 35-0 before being outgunned against the United States to finish 11th Samoa's coach, Sir Gordon Titchens, believes his team is on the up
0: oh, I thought for my Samoan boys, it was a was our best tournament of the year um, by far, and, and a long, long time. And and I think um, coming from that tournament, of course, was I've um, they've, um, they've gained a lot of self-belief and being able to compete with the best, you know, which was which was really, really pleasing. And so, uh, really push Fiji to you know leading with about seven seconds to go, and to lose it at the death, and then to back that up with a really good performance uh, against England, and and to finish it off with one against. Uh, Kenya, you know, just made it for a great weekend for for summer and sevens rugby.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's obviously moments of adversity. That game first up on day one, uh, you had to fight your way into the knockout rounds, into the cup quarters, and you did that. As you say, uh, you know, very close against Fiji, a hell of a match that one. And, and then, despite losing that, still showing some fight there to, you know, to finish what was your your best finish of the season.
0: Yeah mate, they were it was just really gutsy really and um, I mean, we had a few injuries as well and um, a lot of these players, this, this playing in under that sort of pressure and those sort of crowds was pretty new to the, some of them and, and of course when I think about, you know, I've lost 6 front line players and lost 3 last weekend and yeah it is tough but you can never take away that, that um, the experience I've gained over the weekend and, and of course it'll only make them better players and, and for me it's adding depth to some our uh, 7s rugby. And, that's what I've always said. I'd love to certainly um to be able to build some more depth because uh, this game unfortunately is all about injuries now and, and the body take a battering and, and of course um you've got to have people that can step up and play at that level and um that this weekend was uh, was great for that to give some new players an opportunity to, to express themselves in a in a on Uh you
3: know, previously you talked about the injuries you incurred in Cape Town uh sorry, in Dubai and, and that obviously affected Cape Town, you got injuries in Sydney, which made it challenging uh, in Hamilton. So, uh, you know, nice to have a few weeks off. Well, not, I'm, I'm sure you guys will be training, but you know what I mean? Nice to have that, that gap now in between where you can sort of recoup and reflect on what went well, and maybe some of those guys can rest up in time for uh, for the US.
0: Yeah, they were certainly fresh, and I like the short turnarounds because, um, you know, we can still get into some more work, and it's a, it's a massive year this year. In seven, 4 7s rugby, of course, uh, mainly due to Commonwealth um, Games later on and a Rugby World Cup and going way into July as well. So um, we've just got to keep getting better and stronger. And I've just identified the pool that we're in uh, also, of course, um, next week. And it's going to be another toughie, you know. Um, you know, I see that we're, um, you know, we're drawing USA and Australia and, of course, Spain. So no easy games in the World Series now. So we've got a have a few days off and then get back into our work.
3: Now, Gordon, you obviously infamously uh, said that the Wellington 7s had become a bit of a ghost town. Uh, how did you find Hamilton? I know the uh, the stands possibly weren't as full as the ticket sales, but what was it like in your location?
0: Well, it was an outstanding atmosphere. And what we saw today, we saw some outstanding games, unbelievable games, really competitive, going right down to the wire. You saw the New Zealand CG game going out of the wire. You saw Samoa CG go down of the wire, and even the South African game went right down to the wire. And you can't ask for for more than that in terms of crowd entertainment. It was, I mean, it was just simply outstanding.
2: That's the Samoa Sevens coach Sir Gordon Titchens. Guam has missed out on promotion in the Davis Cup tennis competition after an agonising two nil loss against Oman in Muscat. Chris Cohegan and Daniel Lorenis won the opening sets of their respective singles rubbers but could not sustain the momentum and both lost in three sets. Team captain Torgan Smith was proud of their debut performance on the world stage.
4: It was a great week and we, uh, I think, uh, overachieved in a lot of people's opinion. We did have an expectation of doing pretty well there with Daniel Lorenis who's got some Davis Cup experience with the Pacific team, and Chris Cohegan, who's playing well, and and, uh, JP and Mason, our other two players we we did uh surprise some people i think uh they didn't know who blom was or where we came from or what to expect
2: you mentioned obviously danny lorenis with that previous experience for pacific oceania but for the the newcomers chris kahegan uh especially uh you know doing that first singles rubber uh you know this is pretty invaluable to have that sort of competition at this level for them
4: his experience and mental uh toughness picked up as the week went on and uh Unfortunately, we we had to play the the top seed the first day, and um, he had a great three-set match with with uh, Rob, and he's the only one who, who took a set off of him in the whole week, and that was the first day. So that match against the the top seed gave us a lot of confidence going into the week, um, knowing that you know we belong here and we're we're here to play and and we're uh, we need to be taken seriously. So gave our team confidence. Going into the the next few days, with uh, Chris is being a brand new Davis Cup player, but uh, they playing at a high level.
2: And uh, obviously, it all worked out for you to make the semi-finals or the playoff match. Uh, you needed other results to go your way, and uh, a, a few of those matches in the last couple of days, I guess, it shows you know what a fine line between success and failure or winning and losing it is
4: yeah emotionally uh you know a lot of ups and downs with with the play we we probably should have beaten bahrain in one of the singles matches um unfortunately we came up a little short in that and so it came down to the the doubles in that we knew that if we were able to take the doubles or even though down 0-2 and we lost to tie we knew that the the doubles could be a potential tiebreaker for us to uh, get us through we won the doubles and then uh we had an we had an easy day on Friday and and just uh had to wait for uh Mongolia and uh Singapore to uh try and help us get in by uh making it a three-way tie and the three-way tie gave us the uh, the tiebreaker to um, go into the promotion round final round we had uh, taken the first set i believe and then with with the first with the first rubber and then we had uh we were down 1-4. Chris was down 1-4 with two breaks. And uh, so the Omani veteran guy was serving 4-1 in the third. You know, he battled back and, and had match points at 4-5. The uh, the Omani veteran was serving at 4-5 down match point. He couldn't uh, convert those match points. And then uh, down again, 5-6, couldn't convert some match points. And then up 3-0 in the tiebreaker. And then uh, the veteran came through and took the tiebreak in the end. And then... Uh And then, of course, uh, Danny Lorenas lost in uh, another, you know, epic (laughs) match. He won the first set in just a few minutes, and then the third set of that match uh, just went down 7-5. And so very close, well fought by the boys, and uh, literally 1.1 inch. uh, There there was two aces on our match point that the uh, the Omani player clutched out, and um, one of them was just a second serve that was just barely on the line you know it's a matter of winning and losing by that thin of a margin
2: when do you start to think about next year uh do you do you know if all of your players are going to be available for selection again uh do you, do you start planning now or do you give yourself some time to reflect i told
4: the players actually when we arrived in one of our one of our first meetings that uh the uh, selection process for 2019 starts now, you know, and we will be evaluating players, you know, all year long. And, and uh, this 2018 team, uh, we had a, a shorter selection process just because of we entered the Davis Cup and we got prepared for it, and then all of a sudden it was in January. And so we only had three months or so to make our selection because we picked the team 60 days prior to make sure everybody can make the trip and everything. I believe all of these players will be available. Um, it's a very exciting opportunity for them, and they're thrilled to, uh, you know, be looking forward to trying and get over that little hump that we had this time. And then we have some other players that, uh, you know, playing in in uh, U.S. college and be going to U.S. college this year. So I think the future looks bright for us in terms of uh, the Davis Cup player pool and selection process.
2: That's the Guam National Tennis Federation President Torgan Smith. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinny Wiley. As always, thanks very much for listening.
0: Botox Cosmetic. botulinum Toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.